Welcome to Urban Homestead Radio, preserving a homegrown way of life and inspiring others to bring the revolution home. Thanks to the support of our sponsor, Lehman's. For over 60 years, they've provided practical, non-electrical tools, appliances, and home goods. When technology fails, the products will certainly work. Check out their website at lehmans.com. That's L-E-H-M-A-N-S.com. Today, we're going to have um, Sanjay Gupta. He's one of our homestead helpers here at the Urban Homestead. Uh, first off, Sanjay, thanks for joining me today. We, Thank we, you. Yeah, we really appreciate your helpful hands here uh, working at the homestead. It's a, We're outside, it's a beautiful May day. It's May 1st. May 1st. Uh, we're surrounded yeah. by, you can hear birds, uh, can, bees, butterflies, and the city sounds of everything. It's beautiful. <laughs> um, so I want to, um, yeah, just introduce yourself to our uh, audience. How long have you been volunteering here at the Urban Homestead? I've been here for about two months, and I come every Wednesday from 10 to 12 and have an amazing experience. Cool. Um, and how did you learn about the Urban Homestead? I had gone to the breakfast at Open Silo, and I met you guys, and I really didn't know what to expect, but I found out about the volunteer program and I signed up and uh, you took me under your wing and this has been awesome. Um, also just been looking for other opportunities and a lot of people have been mentioning you guys so I had to come to the breakfast and I'm really glad I did. Yeah, so yeah, you are um, with a shout out to Jessica of Open Silo. We've gotten two volunteers from just that community networking nice. so it's a really good opportunity to meet food advocates and uh, people that are passionate about the environment and, and farming and food and so we really appreciate her networking that um, and then we've gotten you and another volunteer Betsy. Nice. Um, what's your um, favorite task here at the farm? Well uh, let's just let, let that pass. There we go. Okay. <laughs> uh, I, I've really been enjoying the planting. Uh, I uh, planted a lot of stuff this morning and as a renter, uh, you don't have the opportunities to really like plant things on like even like a small farm scale. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's like just like getting in the soil in this like peaceful environment um, is not something that I can do at home. So it's uh, yeah, I've been really enjoying that. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, so you're like um, you know you're obviously involved in the like the seeing the process from from the farm to table so how how has that affected your appreciation of like how food does actually get from farm to table and um, has it changed did you you know kind of know that how has it changed your perspective of like you know the food how the food system and how yeah um i think that there is something to be said about like like love and food mm -hmm. and um i think that you can feel that when it comes to food that you grow mm -hmm. yourself or in a small community and then eat that food. Um, it has a different taste, even like from a spiritual standpoint. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that the transportation costs of food is huge. Mm -hmm. And there's like a lot of emissions involved in getting food from uh, farms. And, and from my understanding, like even a hundred miles away is considered local in Southern California. And that's, that's still quite a distance when you can grow almost anything in this climate. So 
um, that makes me think a lot. I also, when I go to farmers markets, I also think about like what are the actual transportation costs of bringing food uh, to the farmers market. So it's definitely changed the way I see like the whole picture. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you're sort of a kind of a environmentally advocate person. What did you actually do before? I mean, I mean, you've had some forays in like in volunteering and 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 community outreach uh, in the um, you know here in Los Angeles. Tell us a little bit more what you've you know. Yeah, I mean, done. started. It's really been a lifelong passion. Mm -hmm. I uh, started a environmental club with my friends in high school, and mm -hmm. we started a recycling program. Mm -hmm. So it's like since then I've had like the the like the heart for it. Mm -hmm. Then I went to Berkeley and I studied uh, conservation and resource studies, and I was in the community, and I was doing some of the stuff that I'm doing here at the the homestead um, in my classes. Uh, moved back to LA and. You know, sometimes you have to take an opportunity when it presents itself. So I worked in college access mentoring, like um, college mentoring for first-generation students. Um, and then recently, I've been working on uh, bicycle programs and also a mobile shower program for those experiencing homelessness. So uh, a lot of my environmentalism has come from either in the way that I do my work in those fields or in my personal life. Really, in my personal life, I'm really conscious about how I buy. I'm like a vegan slash, you know, sometimes cheese and dairy gets into my diet, but I'm pretty much vegan and I think that that's like clearly the 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 best way to um, eat healthily and responsibly mm -hmm. yeah so since coming speaking of food since coming to um, you know help out the homestead uh, you obviously we like to to give our um, volunteers food to take home is there you know ways that you're cooking or using um, food from the homestead differently or is it like coming coming home with food from the homestead has it affected your you know cooking or you've already Kind of already I, doing that already. Yeah, and so I have I have some roommates, uh -huh. um, and it's just different. Like when you when you bring like a beet home that has like a bunch of dirt <laughs> on it and the root, it's like it makes people like look and they're like, hmm, like, oh, that's how it's grown, mm -hmm. or like, that's what it's supposed to look like, mm -hmm. you know. Um, so I think that like it's just like the way that I bring stuff home is influencing others mm -hmm. and. And I think that like it, it turns on a light bulb for them. Uh, we haven't really had extensive chats about it, but I think that's the that's one of the powers of it. Because mm -hmm. like I said, yeah, I mean, usually just people see it in supermarkets. It's clean. Everything's in boxes. Yeah. Um, they don't really, you know, understand of like how it's literally grown. You know, some people didn't even know like potatoes come from underground. You know, they just don't have that concept. And, the, and then the things that you can do with it, right? Mm -hmm. So like you and I, we made uh, sauerkraut one day mm -hmm. and I made more yesterday at home. And oh, like, yay. it was like, <laughs> you always think that you have to buy it in a jar, mm -hmm. um, but not only can you make it yourself and make it locally, but you can also be creative and add twists to it. Like uh, any type of other seasonings just for the process of like, you know, in, in entertaining the palate. Mm -hmm. And that's like the joy and the beauty of like all this stuff that we've been given to mix and match it and, and like, you know, entertain ourselves with beautiful foods. <laughs> yeah, I know, best form of entertainment, right? Right, yes. <laughs> Feeding the body and the soul and the friends that, you know, that come join at the table, gather at the table. Yeah, I know, I think we've lost that, you know, with, you know, having, you know, to go to supermarkets these days and then, you know, out to eat that sort of gathering around the table, preparing the food from scratch and how it just, that sort of slow, 
you know, enjoyment of yeah. food. And for all the foodies out there, <laughs> I encourage foodies to like really like kind of like take ownership of that too and not be always trying to be a, uh, a consumer of other people's creations, mm -hmm. but also take that, that inspiration and create your own uh, versions of that or new versions of things and no two things is a bad idea like there's those there's no there's no bad question no stupid question mm -hmm. merge like two different blended worlds and like see what you come up with and be a foodie in your own kitchen as much as you are in the restaurant I think that's like like a like a hip term like it sounds like fusion to me or something is that that like everybody's doing now <laughs> yeah fusion, fusion. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fusion, fusion yeah um, so um yeah so um, having experienced a couple months here um, volunteering, has it impacted your personal life in any way that you're, you know, either? I mean, because like I said, you've already been in, you know, in, you know, in, you know, environmentally conscious. You've already yeah. sort of had that. But is there something you've, con you know, kind of gone into either a more in-depth level or something that's kind of spilling over in your personal life uh, from volunteering here? Um, I think, uh, it's opened me up to some new, uh, kind of like opportunities to like connect with new people, mm -hmm. like at Metabolic Studio. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's just made me conscious about, uh, like how, how, like I manage my food waste mm -hmm. and it makes me think about how I want to be a homeowner one day. Though that's really challenging, uh, given the high pr cost of living in California, because again, as a homeowner, you can actually like do things with your property and and convert things into homestead uh, type of style. Mm -hmm. uh, whereas as a renter, you're just always at the whim Mercy. of what the yeah. landlord wants to do. Um, so, so that's definitely changed my perspective. And even with like uh, the the eco bricks, right? Like like I, I have a new way of managing my plastic waste in a productive way. And we're gonna get these pieces of plastic, put them in bottles, make these bricks out of them, and build structures um, that should last millennia mm -hmm. um, with this uh, new substrate. Yeah. So I, for the audience that are not familiar with eco bricks, one of our roommates is Rowan. We're going to interview him on a later podcast, but he's having us save plastic wrappers, plastic bags, and then we're stuffing them all in these plastic bottles. We don't, you know, use much plastic, but you know, plastic does end up in our lives. And so he's having us uh, save it and making this compacted hard brick substance where he's a uh, built uh, many structures either at EarthSurf Academy or in Africa and, and South America with this type of stuff. So that's what we're going to be doing. And, and, and I'll let him speak more of it, <laughs> but it like, it's the best way to actually contain plastic waste okay. in a very s dense format because that's really what's happening with all our plastic waste. Mm -hmm. It's either going in the landfill or if you put in recycling, only 10% of it is even getting recycled. Mm -hmm. So it's basically sitting in warehouses and I don't know what anyone plans to do with it. No, and I think there was something with China now not taking plastic. Yeah, so yeah, now so. China has decided that they don't want to take our plastic waste because they have enough of their own. Plus, I think it was a power play mm -hmm. 
so we're really just choking on our own plastic waste. Mm -hmm. And there was actually a huge uh, recycling facility that went on fire yesterday in Ontario, <laughs> California. Mm. And if you see videos of it, it's just basically black smoke because imagine like a bunch of barrels of plastic burning. And it all ma it all it all comes down to our own choices. Mm -hmm. You know, we're the ones taking it off the shelves and and voting with our money. Mm -hmm. um, if we withdraw that consent, mm -hmm. then things will change. Wow, yeah, it's good it's good to say that. I know because we are we are stuck with some of this stuff, and you know we need to know what to do with it. Um, yeah. Speaking of. Um, you know, being stuck. Um, what is, uh, this is like a very, like in, you know, human history, this is a turning point. Um, as we all know, there's, you know, this is like the point of no return. Um, you know, there's elements of, you know, the planet and the people and the environment and all that, um, you know, going down. And so it's, you know, we could either you know, embrace that and, and it's a challenge because this will determine if we're, you know, going to be around, uh, well, the planet will be around, but if people will be around in, you know, the next few hundred years. So what is, um, what is your, what is your take on like, um, that, you know, do you have hope for the future? Um, you know, cause like I said, it's me, things are more, I think people are more conscious. I hope, I mean, there's definitely a more awareness, but what's your feeling? I mean, like what the future of the planet and the, people and the food and all that stuff I think that uh, when people are put in really pressure situations they they will rise to the occasion I think that one of the things that I've noticed it at least in a change and even in in my generation our generation we've seen a drastic amount of change and a lot of it I find is coming out of a form of convenience mm -hmm. um, people love convenience i think that convenience can be dangerous because you're essentially people who have money are able to work the economy in the way that it works for them so that they can get food to be delivered at their doorstep or spend an extra ten dollars on a ride share uh, uber lyft or ride yellow to uh, a destination instead of taking transit and that's one more car on the road where metro metro rides in in LA are down for the fifth straight year hmm. and that's definitely correlated with ride sharing and it's not really sharing it's really just people like having a convenient way to take a taxi which is yet another car on the road hmm. so um, I think I, I think convenience is is dangerous and I think that when people are really pushed out of that comfort zone they will rise to the occasion um, and and I think that that if we have the right leaders, I'm really hopeful for for the next president uh, to to send a strong message about what we need to do. The Green New Deal is already great um, kind of uh, energy toward getting a consciousness in this country and reverberations throughout the world to like what needs to happen. Um, and I hope that that the 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 kind of the pillars of what the homestead stands for kind of shine there too because I'm not the biggest on like green technology technology I think also has a life a life span mm -hmm. there's a lot of e-waste mm -hmm. um, involved with that it's it's a short-term solution um, and so that's why I was I've always biked everywhere mm -hmm. it's a carbon neutral like 
beautiful thing to do mm-hmm. and yeah and you bike here and yeah you it take took public transit. it took you know it took it, it took somebody to mine the metal and the you know there's some plastic and rubber mm-hmm. but but i think that on, on it's such a, it's such a small footprint that that it's worth it so so um uh bullet trains all across mm-hmm. america in mm-hmm. the green new deal mm-hmm. great idea but there has to be some of the other stuff too the local stuff mm-hmm. yeah the resilient yeah. stuff resilient Oh, yeah, I can say totally agree with that. So I'm coming to the end of my question. So, um, what did maybe what advice or something you would like to share with maybe young folks? Because you are the younger generation. You're younger than me, so uh, I'm older than many. <laughs> well, yeah. many, but you're you're you know that your generation and the following generations, so, you know, young folk um, who want to maybe farm or homestead or maybe live lighter on this planet what what message would you have for them and and like to share uh um try to live with people so that you can make living affordable mm-hmm. um create a sense of community that way um if you can rent a place that has a yard um uh, find a way to use it Let's hold on for <laughs> city sounds. Okay, go ahead. Um, if you live in an apartment, maybe you can have a planter because mm-hmm. that you you create a relationship with your plant. If you have, yeah, you know, on the farm we have you know so many plants can't keep up track of them. But mm-hmm. if you have one sunflower or one tomato plant, you're going to create a relationship with it. You're going to watch it grow. Um, and and that's going to do wonders for your 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 inspiration and your motivation to uh, for for bigger and better things in your life in the future. So slow down, um, read, watch YouTube videos. There's so much knowledge on there. Inspire yourself. Talk with your friends. Make make what we're talking about at the Urban Homestead cool and mainstream. <laughs> And if I think if enough people can do that, it will become mainstream. It's mm-hmm. like the natural kind of like sociological phenomenon of like how something becomes a fad mm-hmm. and then into like the mainstream and everybody accepts it mm-hmm. as like normal. <laughs> yeah. And like I said before, this was kind of normal. Yeah. I mean, and this lifestyle it, was normal right. back a couple, and then not be, that and long then ago. And it became a fad, yeah. <laughs> right? In the 80s and 90s yeah. and 2000s. And now we're making it cool and normal again. So we hope to make this normal this lifestyle and back to normal how about that even justin told me how like certain vegetables like go out of style like oh i don't want to eat those mustard greens but i want to eat those pea shoots you know and then like the next season like i was like oh do you have that other salad you know like he's saying like i have to grow with like people's like tendencies in the in the like michelin star restaurants (laughs) oh Oh, well, that's, I mean, that's like trends and things up and down the flow, ebb and flow, the evolution. I just, you know, that's, and we have to evolve and, uh, and we're all about evolving together. Well, and our, to... our brains are so amazing that I think that that's, it's a nature, it's human nature, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. To just like, this is the way we socialize mm-hmm. and this is the way we connect mm-hmm. and like doing so, like having fashion. Mm-hmm. I think fashion is, you know, inherent in mm-hmm. what we do. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at, look at all these, uh, you know, tribal communities. They have some of the most beautiful uh garments and styles and jewelry mm-hmm. right so mm-hmm. that's not a western thing no no yeah no it's just uh we're just it's just more it's we're more i think wasteful 
sure. in terms of the fast fashion. It's wasteful. We don't stick with one. Right. You know, like if you go into the, the tribal communities, they wear the same thing and they've always worn the same thing for generations. And here it's just, what is, what is, a, what is Western fashion? I don't know. You know, it depends on whims, I guess. So, yeah. uh, well, we're going to have to have you maybe back on the podcast because you definitely have a lot to say Thanks. and share. I, I always enjoy our conversations and especially you helping me in the kitchen with your kombucha and all oh. sorts of ma magical so stuff. We'll have to drink some of that right now. <laughs> okay. Yeah. We'll have to do that. Um, yeah. So thank you again for, again, helping out here on the homestead. We really appreciate that. And thank you for joining me here on the podcast. My pleasure. Okay. We'd love to hear your feedback or questions. Visit us at urbanhomestead.org to check out what's happening on the homestead. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And until next time, keep on growing. Let's go down to the urban homestead, Pasadena by the freeway. Right down there on the urban homestead, Jules and his family are working away. Come on down to the farm in the city, back to the future, back to the plan. Right down there on the urban homestead, loving the life back into the land. Oh, ooh, help the garden grow, singing. Oh, ooh, we've got to help the garden grow. The Urban Homestead theme song was written and recorded by Tom Fair. Thanks, Tom. 